Oh man, this is a horrible intro. Really bad, really bad way we've done this so far. Welcome to another exciting edition of Music Video Land, uh, brought to you by your super incredible, very good friends, the ones that'll drive you to the airport, no questions asked, um, at imvdb.com, the internet music video database. Uh, my name is Adam Fairholm, one of the uh, co-founders of imvdb, and then uh, with me as per usual from um, beautiful uh, center of the world, uh, center of the world, garbage on the streets. Um, panhandlers, uh, etc. The John Lennon Memorial. Those are all the things I associate. I think about when I think about New York City. Uh, is Mr. Douglas Klinger? How are you, Doug? Super good, Adam. All all that stuff is right by my right by my house in New York, where where I don't have the car a car, so I actually will be requesting a ride from the airport. Same level of friend will request a ride that gives one. Are you from? Are you by like the Dakota? Hotel Near, nearby. I'm by yeah. I'm over by the park. So yeah, I'm over by the Dakota Hotel nearby. Okay. Wow, that's a nice area. Yeah, we're moving soon. Is uh, are, are there any Aubon Pains there? Uh, I don't even know what that is. Okay. We're not <laughs> again. Not off to a great start, but it's cool. <laughs> that's fine because we're gonna pick it up real quick because we have a really awesome podcast for you. Um, we have on the podcast Mr. James Larice of Syndrome. Who is, which is a name that if you are at all familiar with music videos, you see pop up in so many places and so many amazing videos. Um, Syndrome is not just one person, it's a, uh, it's a group of three people, um, of which James is one of those, and they have directed some of our favorite videos, including um, my personal favorite, Go Hard by Krayshawn, I know Doug, another, uh, one of your favorites as well. Um, as well as some really high-profile videos like TikTok by Kesha, American Boy by Estelle, um, a few videos for Eminem, including Crack a Bottle, as well as um, of, of recently Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, which is getting a lot of um, play. I just saw it on the you know Vivo's Hot This Week um, thing that they play on, on YouTube. Uh, and uh, they do some really fantastic work. So we're going to talk to uh, James about uh, his role in Syndrome, um, about directing a few of these videos, including Go Hard and Radioactive um, and TikTok, and uh, about uh, visual visual effects in music videos and 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 why they really enjoy music videos. And it's part of you know what they do because they also do uh, commercials and, and as well as uh, the other different mediums. So that's a it's a really great interview, and that is coming up in the second half of the show. And, and if you like Eminem. Uh, there's definitely some cool info factos about one Slim Shady. A pop-up video style? Does it do the bloop thing? Uh, I may I may do that. I may put those in there. Remember that show? That was a great show. I think it's still on somewhere. It is. Not still on. It's back on. Back on, exactly. Yeah. And you get the Not factoids like it. and it says, like, bloop, that uh, Bono's hat is made out of chocolate or something. <laughs> Which is, which is always true. They don't need to put that. That's that's known. That's redundant. And I think James also mentions another um, 
MTV Clinic Classic MTV music video uh, show uh, in the interview. Make a video? Is that the one that you're talking about? That's right, but you should add, you should bleep, you should bleep that out because we won't Spoil- be able to listen. Spoiler alert, it rhymes with baking the schmidio. Which is another uh, fantastic MTV sort of videos era thing. MTV used to, I guess their, initially their idea was when we branch out, all of our programming is going to be about music videos. <laughs> they made a half hour show about one music video. <laughs> and we do an hour long one. No, this isn't about just one video. Um, this is about a lot. Was, and, and... But it was just, it was, that show was just the same thing every time. It was just the director for three seconds and then, and then like footage of the artist in, on set and then them just tired the whole rest of the time. Either at the beginning, they're just like, it's 6 a.m. I just got the set. I can't believe I'm here fucking at the music video. And at the end, it's like, it's fucking 3 a.m. We're still shooting. This was supposed to be done six hours ago. I can't believe I'm at this fucking music video. And then that's it. And then it's just shots of the extras the rest of the time. And one my favorite episode of that show is the one where they do, uh, they chronicle the making of the Elevation video by, by U2, which is on my list for one of the worst music videos of all time. <laughs> so, um, and the behind the scenes is painful, but that's not what we're talking about this uh, this episode because no, we should we should talk about something that's way more interesting and topical. Um, that's right, because uh, last weekend was the 85th Academy Awards. Uh, did you watch the Academy Awards? I've now watched all 85 live. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. How do you get? Is, is it like a DVD copy? Is it like kind of like a Netflix? No, thing, I watched. I was there for all of them. Okay. I watch them on TV, obviously. Um, and uh, one of the news stories that came out of this is um, uh, VFX supervisor Bill uh, Westenhofer won for, well, he didn't, he didn't win, but the visual effects won for Life of Pi, directed by Ang Lee, and then Ang Lee direct, uh, won for Best Director. But um, one of the news stories is that he was his mic was cut off and he was played off by the Jaws music, which is, normally doesn't happen. Super um, classy. Yeah, exactly. The whole, whole, show, the whole show was classy. You're right. <laughs> full, of class, full of class. That's the one word I took from that Oscars for sure. And, uh, you know, the thing that he was uh, starting to talk about uh, was that the production company that was the visual effects company behind Life of, behind the visual effects in Life of Pi, Rhythm and Hues, uh, which is a fantastic name for a company I just want to mention, is right. b- b- despite, you know, Life of Pi being really... Um, uh, successful and all that, and and the director winning, you know, best director and and all these awards and things like that. That they were uh, just recently filed Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, and you know, this is a company that employs seven hundred ish people, and they're gonna, uh, you know, lay off or or um, furlough if you want to use the government term, um, you know, about two hundred employees. And this is a company that this isn't just this isn't like you know a bunch of, you know, weirdos in a in a co working space, you know, drinking uh, Diet Sprite. These guys have been around since nineteen eighty seven. And, uh, you know, they're the real deal. So, and there was a protest going on outside. Um, and so people, this kind of got people's attention, uh, you might, you might say, uh, in the, in different circles. It was kind of a foot, footnote of the evening, but it was just, it was, you know, it, it, I think it's brought some different issues to people's attention. And this isn't the first time that you've heard of, um, visual effects companies kind of going under and certainly more recently digital domain um which was founded by james cameron also recently um was the news for lots of financial issues and they um shut down a big um uh what was it like a school slash awesome place in close to uh our old stomping grounds in south florida 
Um, I have no uh, clue what you're talking about, but it sounds very reliable. Yeah, Digital Domain in Port St. Lucie had um, uh, had to fire, file for bankruptcy as well, and, and they uh, laid off um, 300 employees, and they were mainly um, VFX artists, I believe. So you might ask yourself, you know, what does this have to do with music videos? And I think that the the tie-in here is that you know the visual effects industry. Yes, their you know their main client are is you know large production videos and things like that. But a lot of people work on music videos, um, especially in the visual effects department. Uh, well, not department, but you know, just as the you know the person or you know the one or two people that work on the effects for a video, um, oftentimes you know work for these companies and are, are maybe you know doing it as a um, as a side project or they're they're freelancers. This you know the entire this this whole thing is is not just about a, you know one single issue. This is about sort of the uh, you, know, you know issues surrounding an entire industry and then industry extends all the way from you know the the motion pictures all the way you know to to music videos yeah and so like you said i, I definitely think it, it this issue works its way to, into the world of music videos in, in a few ways like you said um you know all of the music video directors pretty much all the directors that we talk to um a perfect example would be um syndrome you know they don't just direct a video, they direct it and they conceptualize it and then they do all of the effects and they come up with, you know, the, the whole look and then, you know, like I said, in the back end, they, they do all of the effects and they take care of all the effects. So if a freelance music video director could work at a visual, uh, visual effects house like Rhythm and Hughes, an- another way is there are kind of VFX houses that uh, have their foot in, in both in both realms. There, um, The Mill, for example, does visual effects in feature films and also does them uh, on music videos. And so you're certainly seeing a connection there, although not, not necessarily directly because I think everybody in music videos are, are kind of underpaid. It's not like, um, you know, in film, in the, in the film industry, I think the directors sometimes make some good money, but I don't think that's really happening for any of the creatives in the music video industry. Pretty much every everyone in the music video industry is kind of overworked and and underappreciated in the way that these VFX artists kind of are being shown to be lately. So there are a lot of different issues here, which you know are beyond kind of the scope of the podcast. And obviously, you know, in in, in any industry, there's different differing views and things like that. And and we don't really have the um, you know knowledge to take a, aside. But I would direct some people to direct the people listening to a few. Um, different pieces that have been written that I think are, are really informative in this issue because I think if because visual effects play such an important role in music videos it's you know if you're following the music video, video industry something like this is really important to take note of and one of them is a comment by Pitch, Pix, a user called named Pixelmagic on reddit.com in the movie subreddit um, and uh, he or she kind of lays out uh, eight points f- for people who are not really familiar with the situation to kind of lay it out in layman's terms, and a few different other commenters who have, have claimed to be, you know, uh, VFX producers and other people who would be in the know have kind of given this a cosign. And these include, you know, a, a bunch of different reason- reasons, and we'll link to this in the show notes. And then the other one is a post on Facebook by Mr. Robbie Starbuck, who is a former uh, um, past guest on the Music Video Line podcast. And he kind of lays out his thoughts on the uh, VFX industry and kind of said there's there's been a lot of mismanagement in terms of, uh, you know, the industry and, and, you know, people 
you know, one of the arguments is that VFX is a really low margin business, and he, you know, he kind of uh, <clears throat> makes the point that uh, you, you know maybe there's a different way to manage and have a different business model for visual effects, and maybe that would turn things around. So the two really good pieces I think there are from people who really know a lot about inside the industry. But I think it all really boils down to, and it doesn't matter if you're making a music video or you're making a, um, uh, you know, a a shot for a motion picture that's going to play in a movie theater to you know millions of people it's that visual effects are really really difficult and they're really really difficult to you know manage uh in a production workflow and manage as a business and that not only are they difficult i believe it's it's certainly an art form and i think that that's something that uh makes it like I think that that's part of where the disconnection is between uh, part of the sides is one side is you know saying they're they're trying to get the most out of it and they're like well if, if it's going to cost too much to get you know they're they're saying certain aspects of um, VFX are they're considering like low rung jobs and this is something that Pixel Magic brings up in its Reddit post stuffing like uh, paint fixes and rotoscoping is considered low rung jobs and so they're trying to they can actually physically outsource this stuff to other countries sometimes even China and India um, for much cheaper than what they could have it done for in America and there's a lot of reasons why it's cheaper um, but I think it, it boils down to the fact that the VFX artists you know, still believe that they would do it differently um, because it's an art and it would, you know, it's, and, and they would, it, it would be a different approach and it's not really something that's a low, low rung job. It's still an art form and something that they believe should be kind of appreciated and compensated. And I, and I believe that that's probably a major kind of disconnect. So in addition to just it being difficult, it's also something that people seem to be passionate about. Not to say that they're not passionate about it in China and India. I have no idea what their level of passion is, but uh, it you know it just that it, I, I could speak for the the people who are complaining and changing their Facebook pictures to green, um, which is something that we should mention is also popping up. Is a lot of people on Facebook in in solidarity and support are changing their Facebook pictures to chroma green and occasionally chroma chroma blue if they want to be funny. I've I, I you've seen people do it with chroma blue. I have seen I think just I think, I think just one guy. <laughs> <laughs> just one guy's like, I'm going blue. That's a smart-ass kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so I think that what the takeaway from this is, uh, you know, as far as music video goes, music videos go, is that, um, you know, when you've got people changing their Twitter profiles, like if you remember that you can change your Twitter profile to tint green uh, for like the Arab Spring back in 2009 or 2010, um, you know, I think that will lead to some sort of, if not drastic change, but some sort of change within the the visual effects industry on a really high level because it seems to be showing now that the current business model is, you know, in one way or another, not completely sustainable. And, you know, that is going to in turn affect you know, we're talking about changes at, you know, the highest level, you know, the people who are working on motion pictures and whether that change, you know, comes in the form of, you know, unionization or, or some other solution. Um, there's going to be something that affects music video, uh, you know, music videos at some point because of the, you know, the shared resources, the shared people. Um, right. And just the nature of the business in general. I mean, music videos are I mean visual effects are such a massive part of music videos we're, you know we're talking about videos that are 
you know, videos that uh, you may not even notice there's visual effects in um, to ones that are, you know, really visual effects heavy, like, um, uh, you know, one that made our top 10 last year that was, uh, you know, basically a showcase for visual effects was Bjork's Mutual Core by Andrew uh, Thomas Wang, which was a fantastic music video, which was an example of, you know, one person, the director, kind of leading the charge on creating something, uh, you know, really pushing the envelope on something in terms of resources uh, visually, and it turned out spectacularly. Yeah, and, and even in videos that it's not so obvious that VFX was a part of it, you know, we, we were talking to Hero Mariah and Ryan Reichenfeld on a previous podcast episode, and the title of that podcast is uh, Sweatshop Labor of the Future, and, and Ryan is literally talking about VFX. Um, that's, that's where that title comes from, a, a quote from Ryan when he's talking about describing what rotoscoping is like and and that is because he's just pouring himself into it and and he was talking about uh, I'm pretty sure he was talking about the no stay with me video which doesn't appear to have any VFX at all and and what he was talking about rotoscoping out was air holes in a mask and so you know even at, at this point even the videos that don't appear to have visual effects have have a lot there's a lot of it in there that that goes and see and that's essentially the point of visual effects in the first place and and Going back to the original point, uh, that's what's come from a lot of these protests and um, it, and information is you, you, you're getting all these really cool like before and after clips of uh, like what the shot looked like prior to VFX and what it looked like after VFX and um, <laughs> one of the most ridiculous ones is the, is the, is one from Life of Pi um, where where it's in the in the movie it's like the the tiger's head is on on like the kid's lap and and, and in the in the pre VFX shot it's just like this ridiculous blue stuffed dog <laughs> that he's got on his lap it's the funniest picture it's like it's like it can't really be what they use but it probably really is it's just like the the worst the worst thing they even drew like little eyes on it and stuff well i think really that funny. one really interesting phenomenon of people you know spreading technology are industries that are based around uh technology that are, are misunderstood in a way so you know people watch you know like a behind the scenes feature or something like that and it all seems so easy right i mean that the they you know they'll do these shots and then they'll kind of build it as you know you've seen these shots where it's like Oh, we started with it just it's this guy who looks really smart and is in a button-down shirt saying, like, okay, we, well, first we started with the frame, and then we did this, blah, blah, blah. And they start from, you know, like a, some kid with, like, a sock puppet on his on his lap to, you know, <laughs> like something that looks like a living, breathing tiger. And they make it part of the, the reason why that's fun to watch is because there's a really clear path to, you know, how, you know, what happens. There's no problems or anything like that. You don't have to do the mental work behind how that happens. You just have to enjoy, enjoy the process. So yeah. I think people sometimes look at visual effects work and think that's easy when it's really a, um, such a, in many aspects, a tedious, tedious, you know, issue prone process. And I, you know, I find some parallels with, um, you know, my own industry, which is web development, where you have a lot of issues caused in the industry where of people misunderstanding the, you know, the process behind it. Um, and that leads to similar, you know, on a much more sm smaller scale leads to similar issues of, um, you know, uh, 
being paid for work that you're done or, or planning, uh, you know, having a business model around, um, you know, doing, you know, web technology work. I mean, the, 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 in many ways, the web industry is going through a, a, a similar, uh, phase that the VFX industry is going, going through in a very, very different way. But I think there, there, there's a, at the core of it, there, there are similar issues. But I think that it's time for, it's time for the interview because we've, we've, we've done a lot of extrapolating. I think we, we've made the point that the visual effects are important to music videos and music visual effects are extremely important to the music videos of uh, our guest on the podcast today, Mr. James Larice of the Trio Syndrome, which have produced some really amazing work in the past few years. Um, like we mentioned, uh, you know, videos like Radioactive for Imagine Dragons, Crack a Bottle by Eminem. Um, if you go to the uh, episode page for this uh, episode, uh, you will find a link to our the IMVDB page for Syndrome with all the videos, and you can you can check out for this particular interview. I will I would direct you to um, a few videos: Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, Go Hard by Krayshawn, and uh, uh, Kesha, uh, Kesha, excuse me, TikTok. Those are the ones that we spend a little bit of time talking about. This is a really fun in- interview. Um, uh, James is doing a lot of really amazing work and he was uh, uh, awesome to talk to so let's hear it this is our interview with a james Larice of syndrome my name is james Larice. i am part of a directing team that go by the name of syndrome and uh, we're based here in Los Angeles, and yeah, we do, you know we're, we're pretty diverse in what we do. Music videos is definitely something um, a, a passion of ours. Uh, we love directing videos. Um, we definitely do commercials and a lot of television work. And um, I think for us, it's just you know we've always used technology in a creative fashion, and with that, it's allowed us to really be diverse and survive. This is actually. Uh, you've been together 10 years now. Yeah, this, I think, um, this past December was 10 years. That's right. You guys were started in 2002. And, um, you know, I read that you guys had started with, you know, graffiti and and other visual art and even some art installations. I was just wondering, when when did music videos come into uh, the fold as something that you guys, you you know, were were focusing on uh, as an art form? Um... Well, for us, music is, I mean, music is, is always been the foundation of everything. Um, you know, we, none of us are actually musicians, but, um, you know, as visual artists, like music was always the foundation. We always saw, we always kind of, you know, for us, it was always like we, we saw the song or we saw the sounds or whatever, you know, and, and so we, we would always play off of that. And I think that's where like, you know, we came up in hip hop culture and, and, you know, definitely graffiti and installations. And so we always kind of, we, we, we were the visual side of things and, um, you know, music was, music was that foundation that we would always, uh, use as our inspiration. Um, and in, in around 2002, uh, when videos were, you know, they, they were, they were thriving pretty well, like budgetarily and, you know, things of that nature. It was, it was definitely a different world. Um, you know, we grew up as, as lovers of videos. And that was always something that we wanted to get to. Um, the funny thing was that 
at, around that time, making the video on MTV was was a was pretty frequent. I think it was like a weekly episodes or something. And, oh yeah, uh, I remember that. That was a great show. So we would be working on our stuff, and we would literally just watch those every week and study. <laughs> oh, okay, that's how they do this or whatever. You know, we, I think we learned like what lenses were and stuff like that um, through that show, but. Uh, you know, it was always it was always on our radar, and it was always something that we wanted to do. And living in Los Angeles, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of a dream that doesn't seem too impossible. Um, and uh, yeah, around 2005, I think was our first opportunity, and so we just jumped at it. You know. And you guys have been working together for a while now. You mentioned ten years, and and you, you also mentioned that. Um, music videos are, are you guys still have a passion for those does it come from the fact that despite that you guys have kind of do a lot of other work in, in TV and in, in other areas that you stick to music videos still because of that kind of passion for music as well yeah 100% 100% and, and you know regardless of a budget uh, regardless of an artist regardless of anything it's it's like you know if we connect with a song and we have an opportunity um, to work with an artist uh, and and they, you know, they allow us to put a visual to um, this song that's so inspiring to us. That's the biggest reward. I mean, there's nothing more gratifying than to be inspired by a song, and then the artist that created that song, you know, chooses you to, you know, basically take it and put a visual to it. You know, I mean, that's like the the biggest honor to us. And um, everything's case by case, and. Uh, you know, so for us, it's like it's so important to always have, you know, something, something cooking, you know, some some sort of um, video or um, uh, plan and action to do a video or something along those lines. I mean, for us, it's just it keeps our chops going, you know, because from one artist to the next, from one genre to the next, like everything is completely uh, unique and case by case. Um, and And it's so different than other facets of any kind of design or entertainment, um, in our opinions. And, and so, you know, you need that fix, you know what I mean? You need that fix of, of crazy. <laughs> so from, uh, it's funny, funny to go from like a video and working with, you know, an artist who's very eccentric and, and maybe kind of is of another world, um, and, and go on a ride with them and then have to go to like Disney and sit in a, you know, in a conference room with a bunch of executives and it's just, you know, I mean, there's, there's times where, you know, we'll have to flip it like that so quick. And, um, you know, again, that's just the beauty of this and we just enjoy every minute of it. I wanted to ask a little bit about your Roland syndrome, uh, because, you know, you're part of a, a, a three man team and I, I know you guys trade hats a lot. Um, you know, but it's my understanding that you work on the, you know, the concepts and, and, illustrations is that is that accurate uh yeah i mean my my background is illustration i mean that that's you know uh like traditional painting and illustration is like what i came up doing and um and that kind of evolved into graffiti when i was a teenager um but but basically the the breakdown of myself and my two partners um their names are micah hancock and mars sandoval like the planet mars and um you know, I, I guess if we had to give ourselves titles, uh, I'm considered the the live action director for us. And um, you know, we we 
we work very much like a band, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, that's, you know, another reason why we like to work with like producers who make music and things of that nature, because there's, there's a parallel to how we work with say, you know, how like the Neptunes used to work or something along those lines. You know what I mean? It's just like the synergy um, where you almost don't even have to communicate. And, um, you know, what, what works for us, because there's three of us, it allows us um, to be at multiple places at the same time. So, like, if we're doing a post-heavy video that shoots in, say, uh, London or something like that, like, I'll be in London, I'll be shooting it, I'll uh, set up everything if it was green screen, you know, um, because I, I know all the posts as well, so I'll be able to, you know, kind of be my own technical supervisor. Um, but if it was, like, a 3D world or there's some heavy graphic backgrounds or something, then my partners will be here. Um, if we have a team, they'll be overseeing the team or they'll be doing it themselves or whatever. Um, you know, we just kind of break up, you know, we, we come up with a game plan. We, we try to plan it out as much as possible, whether it's boards or style frames or, you know, um, depending on job, it depends on how elaborate it'll get. Uh, you know, and then we just kind of kind of take it from there. Um, you know, we didn't, go to school for this or anything it's just kind of like the ebb and flow i think of, of just you know starting out as a crew and 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 making it marketable to your advantage you know over time and still being you know true to the creativity and the integrity of things you described uh you know working on a music video with an artist is kind of taking this ride you know taking a ride with them um and and that kind of got me thinking like what and what role does the artist kind of play in the in the concept of the video is it something where you guys are just you know because your videos really kind of seem to reflect the styles of the artists a lot of the times and in, in, in the effects and the way they're kind of the way they play out I, i'm curious does the artist um are you doing a lot of just research on the artist to kind of learn their style or is it more of a collaborative process with the artist I think it's very important that you do the song justice and the artist justice. And it's important for you to become part of their world as opposed to try to put them into your world. You know what I mean? Like we, we definitely, um, we, we try to become chameleons, you know, we want to really be, um, we want people to watch a video and see the artist before they see us, you know what I mean? And, and I think that that's kind of what we feel our job is, is, is that, you know, we've got to really feel the song. We have to really feel, understand the artist. And yeah, I think a lot of it's doing research and, and, um, you know, really understanding the lyrics, not just, not just listening to the beat, you know what I mean? Really see where they're coming from. Even if it's some very superficial dance song or something like that, you know, it still comes from a place. And, and even if the lyrics are simple, the production is probably very, you know, deep and intense and and i think that's the thing people are so quick to to call certain music bubblegum and, and things of that nature but when you really dig into it and you put together like how this beat was created and the the samples maybe that they're using or you know things like that it, it really you know it really takes it to another place and so we always try to really dissect things and then um uh you know adapt to that um you know, and, and switch up our styles. You know what I mean? It's it's really important to like kind of push ourselves as well. And I think that's what I meant earlier is about every artist, you know, is a different experience. It's case by case. And, you know, it, it, it's it's anything but monotonous. And that's what I think we really like about it. And, and we try to show in our work.
Yeah, I think a good, a, a, uh, I think a good example of what you're talking about is the um, two videos that we're big fans of, which is uh, Mama Told Me by Big Boy and uh, Go Hard by Krayshawn, which are both you know, a combination of live action and also have that, you know, that graphical element on top, and they're so different, they fit the song so well. I was wondering if you could take us through, for a song like Go Hard by Krayshawn, the, the kind of, where you start with a concept like that, because, you know, it does seem so, you know, it does seem to come from the song so much. How, how does that work? You know, Krayshawn is an artist that, um, uh, you know, very, in a, in a sense, controversial, you know what I mean? I, th I think a lot of people, um, they really just naturally hate on her. And that kind of was what we took as our challenge. We wanted to create a video for her that was good, you know, that where all the hate, we made it for the haters. We wanted to make a video that that everyone that hates her can't help but, you know, at least as a guilty pleasure, watch the video. You know what I mean? Even if they watch it with the, the music off, you know, we want to give her a good look. And, you know, we just feel like there's definitely something there. And the fact that she has this like Northern California, Oakland vibe and, you know, it's 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 really, um, you know, this this weird kind of eccentric place that she's coming from that doesn't really fit into anything. It's almost like this weird kind of black sheep thing, which is, in a sense, how we've always felt. So, you know, we kind of looked at all those things that most people think of as a negative towards her and would, would naturally stay away from her because of, and that was our inspiration to jump into it. Um, and, you know, surprisingly, I was expecting one thing from her, but when I actually met her, she's a, she's a really pleasant person. Like, I, I, I can't say anything about her, you know, and, and I think that further really um, kind of got the creativity flowing as well. And she was really open. I, th I think she was kind of, she was kind of reserved at first. And then once we met and we just started bullshitting and, and talking about, you know, um, what potentially we could do, you know, I think she, she didn't really understand, you know, technology and how you could do certain things. And once we started talking about that and I think she saw that I wasn't, um, you know, she can maybe trust me or whatever, then um, the, the floodgates opened and we just kind of started going for it. And and at that point, she just let us do our thing, you know. Um, she was very hands-on at first as far as, like, wanting to make sure that, um, you know, it represented her in a right way and, you know, things of that nature. But then I think once we started vibing, she was like, okay, I'm good. And then by the time we got to set, um, when, when she rolled up and she saw the set pieces that we did, which was cool because then we got to bring back like, you know, our, our kind of our old school flavor of like, you know, painting, painting some big panels and having the paint go from the panel onto the ground. And, you know, from there taking some of those elements and bringing them into posts and tracking them, you know, it was just, it was this kind of like fun way of incorporating a lot of different, um, I guess, you know, visuals and effects and techniques um, mixed with the live action and uh, you know it's one of those things it was better for her to just just trust us and show up you know what I mean because to try to explain all that just <laughs> you come either a super nerd or um, they just look at you completely dazed like like they you know they don't know what the fuck you're talking about um, and when you're on you know on set directing creation in like that in that environment is it a situation where when she shows up and and kind of sees these things for the first time she gets it and 
um, you know, she can go from there? Or are you really hands-on in that situation directing her performance? Well, I, she, the thing with her is she's very, um, you know, she's still a new artist. So it, it's really, the other thing I wanted to do was make her look pretty, you know, like I didn't want to just put her in front of the camera, you know, um, in, in the past and by no means disrespect to any other videos that she's done. But, you know, it, a lot of them were shot on 5Ds and, and I think it was like really kind of day in the life type stuff. Um, the Gucci Gucci song was great. You know what I mean? There was a lot of really amazing moments in that, in that video. Um, but I don't think there was a whole lot of attention paid to setup and composition and things of that nature. So I thought this was an opportunity. We are shooting on a stage. We have this set built. We've got wardrobe working. We had a good uh, makeup and, and hair uh, stylist. And, you know, so I really wanted to find good angles with her and, like, really, really make some nice compositions where she looked good. That was the other thing. Like, I wanted people to hate that they liked it and hate that they actually said she looked cute, you know, and... <laughs> And mission was accomplished, you know what I mean? I, I got a lot of I got a lot of that. Like I fucking hate her, but dude, that video's kinda dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really all we wanted. Um it should also be noted that we it was uh we worked um she was on Columbia, I believe, and uh the commissioners, her team, the label, everyone was just so cool, you know, and and um again, I think I think in a sense a lot of a lot of it was, um, you know, expected a certain level, but we really just wanted to take it over the top and, 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 um, and, uh, you know, um, you know, just come hard. I mean, the song's called Go Hard. <laughs> so yeah. It would be, it would be kind of a, a disservice to do something that was mediocre. You know what I mean? At least in, in our efforts, you know what I mean? So, you know, we really wanted to surprise people and, and um, surprisingly we've gotten a lot of responses from that and it's actually gotten us other work with, um, we just, from that, um, it got us on the radar for that artist, Rita Ora. And she, it was that video that, that kind of um, got us in with her and we ended up doing one with her as well. Nice. And for anybody, and for any yeah, was, uh, longtime listeners, with Saul Levitz is a commissioner on that, who's a, also a podcast guest. Yeah, big ups to Saul. <laughs> that's, that's, Adam took literally took the words from my mouth. Um, uh, and you mentioned like, correcting me that it's Saul, not Sal, for so long. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, you you mentioned that Crayshon is, is a new artist, and I, and I want to talk to you a little bit about an artist who is the opposite of a new artist, and that's uh, Eminem. And you've you've worked with him frequently, and I've, I've talked to other um, directors who've worked with Eminem, and, and they've kind of described it him as like very hands on and very interested in in the whole process. And in fact, they said that after kind of shooting with him for the day, he had already kind of had all these notes, you know, very specific notes on how the basically the whole scene would would kind of break down and be edited from that point and was like really specific about that. And I'm curious from your perspective, um, has the r relationship with Eminem been similar? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty accurate way of, of describing it. I, I have to say that he's been probably the most, um, one of the most amazing people to work with. I mean, he, first of all, he's got a, a pretty much a photographic memory and, um, he's razor sharp, you know, he's always on point. And, uh, it took a while, you know, like when we, when we, the first, the first video that we did with him, it was, it was kind of a, uh, it was, it was hit. I think it was really about him feeling us out, you know, and, and trying to gain his trust and seeing if he wanted to trust us and that, that whole thing. Um, I think someone of that level 
definitely can't just open open their arms to anyone. You know what I mean? And um, so you you really kind of have to. I think a lot of people talk the talk with him, but not a lot of people show the results. You know, so it was important right off the bat. It's like we're not trying to be friends. We just want to do good work and show you what we can do. And and um, and then from there it just kind of evolved. You know, and I think I think when we got to say the second job that we worked together on, he was much, you know, he, the guard was down um, and, and he was really, instead of like, you know, um, it was more, a lot more questions than demands. You know what I mean? Not, not that he was demanding, but you know, he would say, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that, whatever. And then, uh, you know, on the second one, he started being like, well, what do you think we should do here? What should we do there? Whatever. Um, and it just, from there, it just started evolving and, and more and more started happening. It was great. Um, but one thing I will say is that he's the he's the first artist that we've ever worked with on a music video that that needed that required a, a script supervisor, and um, with that, I mean it was a little nerve wracking at first because he you know if you're say doing a fourteen hour day um, you know he would he would want to watch pretty much every take uh, after he would you know, he would do a take and he'd want to watch it back, you know, the whole take. And as he starts watching it, he's like that, that move right there. I like that line. When I say this, do that, you know, he just literally starts, he's like tunnel vision on his take. And so I'm watching him watch the take kind of making mental notes of, you know, what he's liking. Um, and then the script supervisors writing down like time codes and things of that nature. And, and, um, you know, so that took a little that that took a little bit to get used to. But at this, like like what you described from the other person you're talking to, um, by the end of the day, I mean, we pretty much knew the takes. You know, we knew we knew what what he wants. We, we knew um, the angles that he likes. You know, he's definitely someone that likes to to he likes to have hand motions. He likes to be able to you know do stuff with his hands and uh, you know. So if you have him, like, it's real weird position and he can't do anything with his hands like you know he'll he'll uh he only did the it was a will ferrell joke he's like i don't know what to do with my hands and keep bringing up you know it's like once you kind of get his angles and 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 kind of you know figure out what he's what he's comfortable with shooting um and he just starts ripping out you know what he likes and takes and things of that nature yeah you kind of have a rough edit by the end of the day which is pretty amazing um and here's the other thing that's crazy is that if you if you miss a shot in the edit, like he'll remember. He'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, remember it was like the third take on you know first heart of the day, blah blah blah, all the stuff. Like he'll remember. And we did uh, we did this video called 3 a.m. with him, where there's a lot of cuts and there's just a lot of components to it. And I adjusted something I, I just did like a 10 frame shot i moved it over or something like that and i mean if you blink you miss it you know but he was like no 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 he, that was the one comment he had he's like wait where was that one shot where i did this thing he was like a, <laughs> um yeah it's just you know and that's what's really cool is like he he definitely brings that out in you you, you just you know it's like prepping for a for a game or something you know and and the adrenaline is is like on a million and he makes it fun, you know, but it's intense at the same time. And, you know, his team is just like true professionals and, and, um, I, I can't say enough about him. He's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to work with him. 
That does sound like a pretty intense experience when you're <laughs> in in terms of like the edit. Is he walking you through the edit process, or is it was it after shooting? You, then then you know after the edit's done, that he's picking out these little things. You know, when we're submitting roughs, you know, like we'll we'll post up a rough cut for him. I think this that that particular shot I was talking about was probably in like the you know maybe the second or third rough cut after after everyone's familiar with it and he's made some notes or whatever, and then. Um, yeah, that when he called that out, I was like, "Damn, he's good." <laughs> Another video I wanted to uh, to bring up is because you mentioned talking, you know, working with Krayshawn and, and having her be a new artist, and you know, putting an image forward for. It. And I, that reminded me of the the Kesha TikTok video which you guys did in two thousand nine. Um, and for Kesha, you know, that was her first, you know, really big hit song. That was, you know, um, I think the first music video that anybody had ever seen of her. And, you know, she's an artist that has such a distinctive style and, um, you know, something that's, you know, a big part of her persona. So I was just wondering, in the in the concept of that video, since you guys were, you know, responsible for one of the first implementations of that style, um, how did... How did that work? At what point were you know you guys brought in as collaborators for that? We I for, I, I forgot exactly how it happened, but when that song, when we received the song to write on it, I don't think she hadn't even done a live performance. There was no hype on her. She hadn't even come out. I think the only thing that was circulating with her was a EPK that um, that she shot that the label shot for her. That I don't even think that had been released yet, and. What caught our eye was that um, Dr. Luke was her producer, who we're obviously big fans of. And you know, I, one thing I really always liked about him was that he was the guitar player on Saturday Night Live, and uh, for like ten years or something. And so I always thought that was really cool that he's this musician turned producer, and he actually plays instruments and all that. It's pretty amazing. Um, and he, uh, so the fact that he was the producer that that. Um, that really kind of turned us on. And then when I was watching the EPK, I noticed that he had a Dirt Nasty t-shirt on. And Dirt Nasty is this, I, I mean, I don't know, he's a, it's an alias of this guy named Simon Rex, who's um, an actor. And then Dirt Nasty is like his rap persona or whatever. But um, he had that shirt on and we're, uh, you know, we're, I guess, casual acquaintances with him at the time. So I was like, oh, you know, shit, if, if he's cool with Dirt Nasty, then she must be, you know, like running with some of the same folks and, you know, stuff like that. So we started, you know, digging a little deeper and, and you know, started finding a lot of little connections um, just that, you know, mutual friends and things of that nature. So at that point, it was um, it was one of those things. And then we got the song. The song seemed really cool. We just kind of felt like this would be something, you know, um, again, it's a song that I think a lot of people were like, get this out of my head. But at the same time, it was undeniable. And um, so at that point, you know, we just started writing. And I think we just on that one, we just wrote, um, you know, the lyrics are pretty straightforward. And, uh, you know, she's an L.A. girl and and, you know, hangs out like in you know, Echo Park and Silver Lake and all these areas, um, like in, in East Hollywood. And so that's kind of, uh, that's our stomping ground as well. So, um, we just kind of wrote from that perspective, you know, real straightforward. And, um, yeah, I think they, they kind of connected with the treatment. And then at that, at that point we got to meet up and, and hang out. And, um, 
you know, I went to her, her place and at the time she was living with like uh, a couple different, I think there was like five roommates or something. Up in, <laughs> and, I mean, you know, it was definitely like just, just, you know, early twenties, just, you know, run around Hollywood type of lifestyle. And, um, and she had this gold Trans Am that was hers, which is just fucking amazing. And, uh, so it was like, yeah, we had to, you know, we had to use that. And, uh, you know, it just kind of, uh, just kind of evolved from there. Again, you know, a lot of that is the treatment kind of gets you in the door. Hopefully there's a spark there that people are connecting to. And, you know, for us, it's really about, you know, if they do connect, maybe we can get on a call or better yet, we can meet up in person. And at that point, just really, you know, vibe out, you know, and I mean, having a conversation or meeting up with someone in person just really takes it to another place that words on paper or on a, you know, PDF just can't always do. You know what I mean? I think uh, that uh, Dirt Nasty was the last thing that we would have guessed as a connection between uh, be, between you guys and Kesha. We're big Dirt Nasty fans over here at IMVDB. And then, yeah, when he had the shirt and then it was like, it started evolving, you know, it was like, well, we totally got to get him, you know, it just makes sense. And, so uh, hit him up. He was definitely down. Super cool. Was willing to <laughs> play whatever party needed. So <laughs> he was open to the short, like nut huggers and cowboy boots, and I think he had a half shirt on or something. Like um, he he was willing to go there. So it was really cool. Nice. Um, and then th- there's just one more video that I wanted to ask you about be, um, uh, before we go, and that is uh, one that. It, Definitely have to ask you about, and that is Radioactive by Imagine Dragons, which is another video that we're, I think it was one of the more recent ones you guys have done in December 2012. Um, and this is a video that combines, you know, live action with a lot of practical effects, um, and it has just an, an unbelievable concept. So I was wondering if you could um, give us a little background of where this concept for this video came from. Um you know, we always had, we've had this, we have, you know, I'm sure like most directors, um, we just have some loose ideas always, you know, fishing around. And, uh, we always thought it'd be funny to have a, like a Sesame street fight club, you know? <laughs> and that was kind of our, that was our thing. So when we heard the song, um, it, and along with the song, uh, this was through Interscope, they sent a brief saying, you know, the guy's, the guys are actually really funny guys. Like they're 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 from Vegas. Like they're really just chill, cool guys. Like their music's very serious. Um, you know, their performance is very intense. And so people, and even their first video was kind of uh, encapsulated that um, intensity. And uh, you know, they wanted to really with this very um, I don't know it's almost, it's almost like like an anthem, you know, with this song, they wanted to just really portray them in a, in a way that didn't take themselves too serious. Um, which is kind of a head scratcher too, because when you do hear the song, it's like, you just want to like, it's like, like you just want to get up and cheer or something. You know what I mean? And, and, um, so, you know, we just started, I don't know, throwing ideas around and, uh, that's when it was like, dude, this is where we should totally do Sesame street fight club. You know what I mean? And because, you know, it, there's just something about like having this like kind of you know eighties crescendo peak moment where you know this <laughs> this like huge you know it's like an envision quest when 
when uh, Matthew Modine, like, he wins the match and everyone's like, you know, the girl runs into his arms and, you know, everyone cheers in the crowd, whatever, you know, it's just that, those moments in like 80s films that um, we wanted to, I don't know, try to, try to accomplish, I guess. That was kind of the starting point anyways. So then it was like, and then it's got to be, if we kind of go this route and we end up using puppets, like, you know, then it's got to be kind of like, you know, old school, you know, like not fight club, but let's do like blood sport. You know what I mean? Let's take it to like kind of B movie Van Damme style and, and, um, you know, kind of go that route. And then we started being like, oh yeah, it'd be kind of funny if we had like, you know, someone playing this like evil guy and we started throwing around a lot of names and, um, ultimately landed on Lou Diamond Phillips. And he was kind of the, he was kind of the icing on the cake, I guess. Um, and was totally down and uh you know it's just all the pieces started coming together and i think with the band when we submitted the treatment um they got a lot of treatments that were that were probably you know focusing more on an intense um you know concept or you know something that that felt like incredibly epic and and um maybe catered to like the more serious side of them and uh we were just kind of like fuck it man this is what we would love to do and and if they're like they, that means they get it and they and and they'll they'll be willing to go there you know and sure enough we submitted thinking that first of all it was a rock track and we tend to kind of get classified more in like you know urban hip-hop and dance type uh type artists and so we were the we've been waiting to you know work with someone like this and uh so we didn't really think anything of it we didn't think we were going to get it and uh they started showing interest you know and and from there, it was like, oh, shit, okay, all right. And then, you know, we, we started having conversations about, well, what are the puppets going to look like? And, like, when they when they get killed, are you going to see blood? Or is it, you know, what's going to, what, is it going to be stuffing or whatever? You know, we just started, like, throwing stuff like that around. And um, it just started building. And, it, it, it you know, it's just one of those things that came together beautifully. And uh, in the end, we're really proud of it. With your life or with what you want to move on with oh because you know we want, we wanted to cover some topics <clears throat> and mm, I, 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 I just forgot about it asking about um the styling of little debbie in Crayshon music video mm-hmm. in the go card because are you familiar with white, white girl mob am i correct <laughs> what are you kidding me <laughs> And uh, James talked a little bit about styling Creation in this and saying he wanted her to, to, to look pretty, which she definitely does. Um, but I think the one who steals the show here is Little Debbie. Um, she's the one with the she's blonde hair. She's the one hair. that's Little Debbie. Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if you look at like 99, like any other picture of Little Debbie, she looks, she looks, she's obviously the same person, but she is styled like nowhere near that. She's, she's, this is very pared down for her, very normal for her. Mm. She's more, she's more like a Brooke Candy kind of styling. Um, Which is interesting because in the Brooke Candy video, the most recent Brooke Candy video 
um, I Want to Fuck Right Now, directed by Spaghetto, she actually makes a cameo. And in that video, she's dressed as a man. She has a suit on. Hmm. She, that doesn't apply here at all, but... But, it, but the thing is, yeah, the thing is, is that, that she's... Not only does she have this, like, different styling, but she has these really odd mannerisms. Not odd in the way that, um... Like, like for instance, when they're when they're both in that little, yeah, you, when they're both in the little car, she's like, when I originally saw the video and I, and I didn't recognize her, I thought, who is this girl they got? Because she, because she's like, has like both of her arms up and she's like kind of like bouncing along to the beat. It's just really weird stuff that she's doing that works really well and it's kind of for me makes the video in a way. But it's just the dance, I, I I I agree they, that though the dancing that they're doing in the video it's catching on more and more. So you're seeing. A lot of a lot more rappers uh, doing that, doing that dancing, the arms up, bouncy dance that uh, I've seen and you're talking about right now. Um, that is actually now you mentioned that that is a little bit unless you're joking. No, I'm completely serious. You you see it, you're seeing it more and more now. Um, in more of this kind of style of hip hop, you know the 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 less serious kind of like, um, you know more fun style of hip-hop but even in uh even in like kind of more traditional kind of hip-hop you're seeing that that's that's kind of the new dance the new dance move the new hip-hop interesting dance move. so uh, then in 10 years no i'm not making a joke i'm not making a harlem shake joke no nobody wants to hear about the harlem shake nobody wants to see your version of the harlem shake that's um, true <laughs> that's certainly true but nobody wants to see half of the versions that are out there at this point like I, I do think it's important to mention that like six record labels put out their own versions of the harlem shake dance um on monday right on monday there was a whole bunch on monday that well i am um, in the city i live in durham uh there was a post from uh durham's in this whole mode right now where they're promoting it as like a a, a food oriented city and um they were they were like everybody come down to full steam brewery at like one o'clock we can't tell you what, what's gonna be there but we'll only like keep you for like 15 minutes and i was like obviously they're doing a harlem shake video it's like they there's really no like, what else are they gonna do just like get everybody's social security number and tell them to leave they in like blue next shots blue shots, blue shots. And, yeah and the next day and there was a harlem shake video <laughs> i think it's it's um, I actually, I really enjoy seeing them. I don't know. I like them. All right. So I can't say that all the record label ones were bad. Strange music put out one with Chris Calico. That was really funny. Mm. You're seeing them a lot more and more often now with variations. They're, they're changing them a lot. Um, at this point, my favorite ones are the ones that are poorly edited. <laughs> that get, that get, that just hit, they get the reveal at the wrong point. There's a couple that were done at like by high schools where they like, they cut to the dance way too early and, and stuff like that. So, um, uh, for a while I was trying to convince my wife who's a high school, uh, elementary school teacher, first grade to let me come in and film a Harlem Shake video with her class. Cause I know for a fact that several of her, um, kids are very good dancers, but, um, I yeah I I don't think you want good dancers for the for Harlem Shake videos. I don't know, but you do well, need I a bicycle. Do, you do need a, a a motorcycle helmet. Don't try don't, to do it with a bicycle helmet. I don't think you need. I don't think the helmet's a necessary touch at this point. <sighs> well, it's been diluted so much. The brain's been diluted. 
the brand's been diluted. Now, I do think we should mention, because we tweeted about it, we should talk a little bit about the origins of what the Harlem Shake actually is, right? Do, is that important? Does that actually matter to people? The only people who ever bring this up seem really angry and, like, like just angry at the meme itself and are like, oh, G. Depp and Black Rob would be so upset about the Harlem Shake because the Harlem Shake was a dance that Bad Boy Entertainment in general used to do in a lot of their music videos um, in, like, the early 2000s. Um, the song Let's Get It by by G-Deb featuring Black Rob and P. Diddy, directed by director X in 2001, is um, kind of credited as being like the real kind of popularization of the the actual Harlem Shake dance, which uh, what we will link to in the show notes in addition to the Let's Get It video, there's a how-to dance on YouTube that I saw, um, how to do the Harlem Shake, that teaches you how to do like the actual dance that is considered the Harlem Shake. What what nobody's doing this dance in any of these videos. Let me just say that <laughs> clearly. Um, but a lot of people are upset, like traditional hip hop fans and people who know what that original Harlem Shake are, are upset because they're like, oh, you know, what you jokers are doing is not the Harlem Shake. Acting as if Puff Daddy isn't a joker. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. to to kind of suggest that the that the earlier Harlem Shake is somehow like old school traditional hip hop. I mean, let's not pretend that you know P Diddy and and um, <laughs> it was ever like some kind of like real hardcore, especially in two thousand one. Like he was dancing like there. Everyone's wearing like leather suits in this video, so they're not nobody's taking themselves seriously. So let's let's let let's let high school kids have their fun. That's like saying. Like, uh, um, like in 10 years, if people start dancing in a re- in a weird way and calling it Ganyam style and they're like, oh, disrespecting Ganyam style, that's not. Or like three years of like the Macarena, I don't know. Whatever. When people start posting videos of them, like, you know, playing, you know, keyboards that sound like cats or just like random <laughs> videos and being like, I'm playing take five, you know, and and he, and everybody's like, no, Dave Brubeck is rolling in their grave, you know. So. The integrity of keyboard cat. One one more thing about the Harlem Shake videos, I think that it's important to mention because I've seen this a lot. Is people are like, oh, these Harlem Shake videos are the new Ganyam style, which what does that even mean? Because that doesn't. I don't even. I oh, I, I think I know exactly what it means. It means that I think there's a there's a certain. Um, virility or virility to a concept where people it becomes like within their grasp and that leads to kind of hilarity so for instance like at a certain point people there were so many Ganyam style parodies that people who had no business making a parody of anything or even holding a video camera started to think well, I can make a Gundam style parody, and then that's when like that's when like Gawker gets into the business and starts like you know posting videos of all these terrible like high school Gundam style parodies. Um, so I think what they mean in that case is that like, okay, now Gundam style like like the Harlem Shake is at a point where you know like people are like, oh, I can make a Harlem Shake video, and then then you get all the awful ones, you know? Yeah, right. Where like it's a kid in his room by himself. Exactly, and he, he's just well, yeah. dancing more aggressively in the second part, and also it's not cut right. Or it's and, like some, you know, it's like three really, it's like one really poorly lit guy in the corner, and then when the Harlem Shake music you know picks up, then it's three of three of him, and one of them is helping a fan. That one is good. Um, 
That one is good. Uh, I don't know which one you're... I don't know who made that one, but it's good. Um, humping is a major part of the Harlem Shake videos, in case you weren't aware of humping. You think the, you think the helmet, the motorcycle helmet's important. No. It's humping that's important. Mm. Wow. Well, you know what else is important? Who is, who, no one's listening. No one's listening. So You, gotta, what, you have a big job to cut this one down. <laughs> We never talked about this in, in the final in the final episode. There was no back end. It just went straight from that into this transition into you transitioning into uh transitioning us into PO dubs. Well, um I think we should do some PO PO picks of the podcast. Okay, let's do it. Picks of the week podcast. Now, do you want to go first or sh- or should I go first? No, I think you should and I think you should either pick a Harlem Shake related <laughs> video or you should pick a uh um or you should pick a video um music that has video that I like? Yeah. Okay, well this one I'm not really sure how to pronounce the name of the artist cuz there's two s's in a row. And that is Sion, I guess. S S I O N. I'm so happy that you just picked this. Okay, go. So, uh I've never heard of this band before. Um but uh this video music video caught my eye because uh, a lot of people were talking about it when they came out a few days ago. Um, directed by um, Cody Criccioloi. Mm-hmm. Criccioloi. Um, Cody Criccioloi uh, is the director here. And thank God, Christopher Good is the director of photographer, is an Emmy editor. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think we love all, all sorts of music videos obviously we love the, the the funny ones the serious ones the narrative ones the non-narrative ones um but sometimes it's just so much fun to just have a music video that just doesn't give a shit at all if it makes sense if anything connects um it is just weird and high is a prime example of that um and for that reason i'm not even going to really describe what is going on in this music video all i'm going to let you know about is that there is a giant fortune cookie that turns red like i mentioned this is a long music video this is six minutes and six seconds which for a music video is or for any kind of visual format without any narrative and just sort of a lot of odd elements thrown in there is is pretty long but it definitely holds your interest throughout and i would uh, definitely say that there are a lot of images in here that kind of stay with you after you've turned the music video off. If I could choose one, I would say it is the pizza with candles on it. I don't know why that stays with me, Um, but the pizza appears to be kind of uncooked. It's sort of this very specific looking pizza, one you can't describe, but you see it, you know it. Um, And I don't know. There's there's a lot of. Um, I feel like this is one of those experimental psychology videos that makes you make connections in your brain, and it'll be different for everybody. Um, but for us, it's just a great music video. So there it is. Hi by Sisan, however you pronounce your name. Um, and that is my pick of the week. It's a great pick. And you're I have to cut that down a little bit. Maybe, maybe. No, no, you please do. Okay, I probably will. But it, it was a great pick, and it's um, it was a great attempt at the name. I'm not gonna try to say it um thank you it's it, that's the problem of um you, know, you read it in your head this problem of living on the internet doug mm-hmm. because nobody says anything out loud 
we do our homework. Right. We always lit wits that we have our guests introduce themselves at the beginning, and we we all, when we come back and do the show, we always go back and listen to and make sure we have the yeah, so we know how to right. say it. Right, um, but and you sometimes know. you can find them find video clips of people saying their names, but not always. No, not always. No, um, that's why I typically pick people who I've heard of and <laughs> definitely know how to say their name, like Tyler the Creator. Um, my pick of the week is by this gentleman, Tyler. Um, the song is called Domo Twenty Three. And the video is directed by Wolf Haley, which is his, which is Tyler the Creator's director, suited him. Um, this music video is takes place at a wrestling match. Um, Tyler plays a wrestler. Uh, it is the video is shot by Louis Perez, who is a great director of photography. We have a interview with him on our blog that you want to check out. I know. Um, like most of Tyler's music videos, um, especially the, the more recent ones, his videos full of laughs, and uh, I laugh at it often. Um, Tyler, like I said, plays uh, a wrestler um, who initially is very successful at wrestling, and then a large, much larger, um, fat, masked wrestler enters the ring and kind of has his way with Tyler. Um, the reason beyond this video, and, oh, and I, might, I also should mention that Earl Sweat, Sweatshirt plays the referee, which is a great cameo, which I, I'm currently approving of. Um, my favorite part of this video, though, and, and it's a lot of people's favorite part, um, it, it seems um, at a point Tyler gets thrown into the into the crowd and and his wrestler self flies over his real self. Um, Tyler the Creator is then in the audience, kind of dressed like he would you would normally see him dressed, and then. Um, Near the end of the video, like the last minute and a half or so, is actually a, a different song playing. It's a song Bimmer featuring Frank Ocean. Um, and this this song, everyone seems to kind of be latching onto. It's definitely like a more um, Domo 23 is like a kind of like a hard hitting, kind of like hard hard hardcore rap song, I think. And Bimmer seems to be a little bit more kind of radio friendly it's got like i said frank ocean on there as well um but the, I, I love this section of the video because it's just kind of tyler and this like pretty young girl kind of just screwing around and, and riding bikes and having a picnic together and stuff and just the, the facial expressions on tyler's face during a lot of these scenes uh, especially him on the bike um, are just very, very wonderful and hilarious. And um, it is for those uh, um, specifically that I picked this video, but watch the whole thing, because the whole thing's great. Um, so and that is Tyler the Creator, Domo 23. I think it is. So I think if you're listening to this, then you should go directly, open your internet browser of choice, um, probably you know, open up the terminal and, and SSH into our site, uh, and go to imvdb.com, and you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, um, as the other folks say. Uh, follow us on there because we have excellent – if you are in any way associated or interested in music videos or even production, you, you really should be reading Doug's really in-depth interviews with music video directors, editors, and cinematographers on the blog. These are high quality. These are really interesting interviews. The one I, I – we'll put one in the show notes to start you off with. That is one that came out on uh, Wednesday, February 20th, and that is um, Video Chat's Jameson Stafford on Coochie Galore and uh, Happy New Year by Kid Rock, which has some 
really amazing. Uh, and there's a green screen in the, in the picture from that post. Um, so really oh, nice. amazing production stories about shooting two music videos in, in six days. So these are really great uh, um, posts that you should definitely be reading. Yeah, if you're not, what's your problem? Podcast done.